You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good day and welcome to Hour 3. This program brought to you by Sundry Golf Club, unforgettable countryside golf that's only a short drive from the city. <laughs> Enjoy 18 holes of tranquil golf nestled in central Alberta. Season memberships on sale now, as are 12 game packs. Get out of the city and onto the green. Experience Sundry Golf Club now open. Tea times. All, all the info, all the details you need. Sundrygolf.com. Home of the 2022 Alberta Open Championship, June 21st to 23rd. Yes, it is Sundry Golf Club. Sundrygolf.com. Welcome to the program if you're just joining us. Uh, probably not. You've probably, you probably been listening. Yeah, it's we're already into we're flooring it. It's, you know what it is? It's the Sarge effect. It is the Sarge effect. Corey Sarge is in. Uh, the, the comparable being made, uh, you are the Michael Stone of this program. Wow. You jump right in. You look like you haven't missed a beat. It's been just ages since he was in here in studio on a regular basis. No one respects you. Team high eight shots. Those blood clots you got over. But yet somehow you come in and perform far better than anyone could have expected that you would. You're a hero. Team player shows up with coffee. Yep. Oh, and muffins. muffins yeah. Yeah. Just got to look after the boys. 100%. Yeah, I like it a lot. Good you in the know, room. Got it in the room. Sometimes the top guys in the team need a little boost from the slugs. <sighs> yeah, that's what it we is. We needed a boost sure. last week. It's 7.30 start times now. We're gravy, baby. Well, it's, and it's only Tuesday. Let's wait. Yeah. We've got to give Oh, fives. we're fine. We'll yeah. Talk to us on Friday. We'll see how it goes. Dopes won't be golfing this week, hopefully. The uh, the Flames win last night by a score of 4-1. to one. Lots to get into. And we have throughout. And, and podcast is up. Mm. For every hour. We cut it into hours. Hour one goes up in hour two. Hour two will be up shortly uh, if you missed it. We'll talk to Adnan Ver coming up. Of the things we haven't talked about, so much attention has been paid, and rightfully so, to Jake Ottinger, who has been brilliant. 143 saves. That is the second highest save total through four games in Stars history. Ooh. Turco had 148. Marty Turco in 07 against Vancouver. I bet you there's OT there, too. I mean, could be. If it could be. Yeah, I don't know. But it's uh, 143, so second all-time in, in Stars franchise history. Meanwhile, at the other end, the other guy's been pretty good, too. The save that he makes on Sagan as he comes across the top of the crease and he goes back end, it's kind of the reverse Goudreau penalty shot move. He keeps the, the pad, the stick down. Seven goals have gone into the Flames net. Two of them empty netters. Two of them power play goals. One of them a four-on-four four goal. And two at five-on-five five through four games. He's been brilliant. And... Somehow is the, has been the second best goalie in the series. And I did just look. Vancouver and Dallas went to overtime twice in the first three games so of that series. Go. Three times in total, which kind of had to. The yeah. amount of rubber he's facing. Whew. So now you wonder, does Markstrom have a chance? And I don't know what the fl- if the was Ottinger in the Flames' head. I don't know. He was in fans' head. He was in well, media's and head. Corey made a good point earlier. Like If you're overhandling on the power play and you're trying to find an undeniable look, you're probably passing on a lot of stuff because he's stopping anything that's close to routine. So now... Does Markstrom have the ability to flip the script a bit on a, on a Stars team? If he hadn't already. Right? The way that Markstrom has done it, though, too, compared to Ottinger, like, I mean, the Flames obviously haven't, hadn't overwhelmed Ottinger until last night. But Jacob Markstrom, on most nights and on many nights this year, has had to stand there 
and watch in the first period. Watch his team go. And that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But last night, you look at the shot totals, it's like 10-2, mm-hmm. 12-2. 11-1. Only, he's um, only seen a couple shots, and he's he's got to be ready to go. Yeah. And, he, and then he's got to make crucial saves at crucial times. And he's done a really good job, and I watched him throughout the regular season this year on getting out of his net, handling the puck a little bit more early in the game if he's not getting the saves, like just trying to get out to pucks on rims, on dumps. He's also done, he's skating around, just trying to keep himself warm. He's doing anything in his power to just stay ready and stay focused. And I guess maybe the regular season games, he's had so many where the Flames jumped out to great starts and he didn't see a lot of action early. That was maybe good prep for what he's seen even a little bit in this series so far. So... He's been there. You talked about one save last night, boom. The one that stands out for me is on Nemesnikov. It's early in the third. It's 2-0. Weird There's, play. It is. It's it's just a routine kind of D-to-D. Let's take it to the other side of the ice, but sneaks through defenseman's feet, hits hits the net in the worst spot where it pops right in front, and Markstrom to get across and get his left pad on Nemesnikov's yeah. chance. Like that. that is... It's those little moments in a game that that keep the momentum on your side, and that was huge. Four games against Dallas, they've gotten two pucks past them in a game once. Zero in game one, an empty netter in game two, and last night just the one late when they were already down 3 nothing. Uh, aside from game three, how's he not in their heads already? Yeah. And it's like they, they've done a good job of, of controlling, I think, chances and certainly shots in the series. But there's been some, oh, that's a two-on-one, or oh, there's a really high quality, or oh, wide open in front. Like, there's been some five bells in there for, for Markstrom along the way. They, Mark, I, Ottinger's average strength of save in games one and two was a lot easier, I thought. No question. And I, I think that, again, you go to the, you know, natural stat, 20, was it like 25-11 high danger opportunities last night? It felt that way. Yeah, and this is coming after one game was what seven seven or eight seven. Like they were incredibly low event games one and two, and then it was sixteen sixteen in game three, and then last night it was felt like the dam bursting yeah. in a way. Fifty is the highest save total of the series, but the most impressive performance was yesterday in terms of tremendous stops from Ottinger. The the glove save on on Toffoli. I mean, can he go? Is there go room again. there? This is what I wonder. Here we go like, again. Uh, at the time, that's what yeah, you're thinking, right? Totally, yeah. and that's when it was like, who's who's the best candidate to run the goalie here? It becomes the conversation at the bar, right? Like it's just like we can't, you can't exist with this guy. Now they stuck with it, but you could see the frustration mounting there. Another, how did he do it? Say, finish, finish your thought there, Ryan. You're going to ask a question about Toffoli. Is there room? Like, should he be going higher, or are we because it's on TV and you're filming from like two stories up, and the puck's on the ice that it looks like the top of that net's wide open? Like, is can he go over that glove and in, or is he going over the net if he goes over that glove? I feel like TV's super misleading on that kind of an angle. Yeah, and puck wasn't really cooperating for him. It was starting to roll up a little bit on his stick, and I said the same thing. I'm like, God, you got to get that up higher, higher. He doesn't realize how much time he has. Like, he could have maybe settled it. Yeah, it's I, but like that's the place you're going to put the shot. It's just a great save. It's, yeah, it's second effort by Ottinger, and he's. But man, I was, I was, I was flustered after that one. There was maybe if you're mm-hmm. talking about you were talking about doubt in my mind. I was like, no, damn, we're boy. not going to see this guy again. <laughs> damn all night boy, tonight. all right, yeah. yeah. 
and still waiting for for one rebound to go directly to a Flames yeah, player. Yeah, to find a Flames It's not stick. out just out yeah. of your reach, or it's oh you 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 crept in a little bit, and then if you'd have just stayed where you were, it feels like they've. Yeah, had... I, I still think they're owed buck luck in a <laughs> yeah, weird way. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do too. For whatever that's worth. I, so I wonder on the other side, and I guess it could kind of tie into the Markstrom and how well he's played. I wonder how this sits now in the bellies of the Dallas Stars. Played well in Game One. Didn't get a win. Take You come home. You get the split that you wanted. Then your goalie continues to play well. You win game number three. You're feeling good. A 3-1 series advantage is obviously it goes without saying. And you weren't close last night. You were on the scoreboard. You had a chance. Your goalie sure gave you a fighting chance. But in terms of possession... It's just time and zone time, any any measure really. The Flames dominated them last night. And you wonder mentally, physically, and, and just in general, how big a loss this feels to the guys in that room. Or they're pros. Hey, two, remember we were we went to the cup final not that long ago. This is the ups and downs of a playoff series. It's still two two. We had we have some some games to give here. Is it easily shrugged off and you just come to Calgary and you, you go again? I think mentally they'll be in a they'll be in a good spot. I think they would have taken two apiece at this point in the series or before the series started. So mentally, I think they'll be there. It's just, I wonder if physically, if last night's game isn't one of those things that starts to turn the tide for the Calgary Flames in a lot of their cycle opportunities and just cycles in general, wearing out the Dallas Stars. But no, Dallas will regroup. They'll... They'll, they'll say all the things they need to say. They'll prep. They'll get ready to go. And if they're looking at, I guess, positives from last night's game in, inside their dressing room, like it, it, was a, it was half a game again where they had a chance to take a lead. They didn't. Some credit given to Jacob Markstrom and making some big saves and keeping the Calgary Flames right where they needed to be. They can't be that disappointed. I mean, yes, as that game went on, they were they were overwhelmed. Yeah. But that's gonna happen. You look at all these other series we've been talking about, you've had absolute blow absolute blowouts from either side. So in a series, there are gonna be times where you're not at your best, where the other team takes it to you, maybe not in the Colorado series. So I don't I don't I think we'll expect things to start off just the way at every one of these games mm-hmm. have. Now the, the what I'll be fascinated to see is is there cumulative effect here? Right, because you talk about how you put it in the D-man's corner, he'll go get it, but you drill him five times, and now it's 10, and a week later it's 50. Like, at some point, depth is going to win out here. And we started to see it last night. Is that a one-off, or is this the trend of, okay, Dallas couldn't play that tight for that long? I think it is. I think you're – I think we'll see it. I think we'll see that if the Flames decide to – Keep grinding it out. Keep cycling pucks. And the Flames were at another level too last night. Clearly, yeah, it's their they best broke game. Through, and I think also we started to see fatigue from a group that was asked yeah. to play in a really, really challenging brand by Rick Bona. So you certainly like if if the Flames can have that same energy, drive, forecheck, speed, tenacity. If they can replicate that, then I do think that there would be some of that. Cumulative well, effect. And you look at the minutes played, Klimberg, Heisken, and Suter, huge. You look at what Daryl bought his decor by adding a seventh defenseman, a little less wear and tear there. And I think he's also been able to send messages along the way after a win. Like, do you think you're going to get the best of Andrew Magipani in game five? I do. 
he got benched late. Yeah, he he subtly called out Johnny Goudreau. Game three. Got, yeah. a, got a really great performance out of him. Probably one of his best that we've seen in any playoff series at any time from Johnny. He was he was right where he needed to be last night. Good intensity, was on pucks, scoring a big goal for the Calgary Flames. I, I think that Manjapani, he's a proud guy. He's been big a work, workhorse for this team. You never question the guy's try, right? And it's probably eating him too. He's one of those guys that he knows. He knows he hasn't been good enough. He knows that maybe last night he took a penalty at the wrong time. He he's a guy that should respond from that. I, I'm. They're going back to the Saddle Dome. It's a home crowd. It's uh, maybe a little bit more intense. Maybe a little bit more pressure on the Flames. I, I'm hoping it. I'm just relating to my own experience, but as as the series wore on, you kind of could gauge what you were getting yourself into. I don't think the Calgary Flames knew exactly how this was going to go, their first couple tries at home, and it was tight checking. I, I'm hoping that we can see that same team that was there last night. They They did the things they needed to do. They played with confidence, but they were just a little more loose. They weren't so uptight. I feel like the Calgary Flames were very tight their passing wasn't great especially in game two they were really sloppy in the first period in the saddle dome i'm hoping that those jitters that nervousness that expectations in front of a home crowd are just gone and they should be at this point and i'm hoping they can go out there and just play hockey tomorrow like they did in game four and and i think they should be at that point can i be captain obvious too first goal feels monstrous I had it written down. Like, it's just... Four goals, it's, all of them have... You want to see Dallas have a tough time? Put them down by two goals, because you can't trap your way back. Calgary's already better five-on-five. Five. They're deeper. You're already overloading Dallas's top guys with minutes, and now you're going to put them down? They're going to have to open up, and that's when Calgary compounds. I mean, now look, Jake Ottinger's not letting the first one go in easy at all. It was a power play pull goal in game one, that goal line to Lindholm in the slot. Game two, they didn't score on him. Yeah, you know, and game three, Dallas scored first. It's he's he's going to make it hard on you, but if somehow, some way, you get a lead early, this thing could really unravel for Dallas. So, what of Andrew Manjapani? Sutter clearly didn't like the penalty that he took. We talked about that dominant shift that the Flames had after the Anderson goal made it one nothing. His penalty, it's a tripping call, right? Tripping at fourteen twenty nine takes away that momentum. To the third period, he has two shifts. They come early on. He sits for the last 15 minutes or so of the third period. When you're protecting a lead, you generally roll four lines. Yeah, they had 11-2. I think that played a factor, but also so, he sent in a message. Yeah. You're, if, if you're a 12 guy, if you've got four lines and you try to bench one player, like, oh boy, okay, how are we going to do this? But you're already rolling numbers that don't fit through three lines. I think it's easier to do at that point. I mean, you talk about how seven discombobulates rhythm and all that. The forwards were already doing that. There wasn't like nine guys that played and two that didn't. They were trying to get 11 guys going through nine spots. And so if you want to do 10 through nine, sure. You also send a message. But I think if they had 12 forwards, it would have been harder to do. But look, he's he's how hasn't played a ton in the playoffs. He's one of these guys that Sutter's talked about. We've got to teach him the right way. We're going to learn how to win. This is how things are going to be in the playoffs. You can't get away with this here. He hates that penalty, clearly. And when you're already doing a bit of the blender with 11 forwards, he sends a message. I think he'll be great tomorrow. 
also too, like coaches have a pulse on what's going on in the game and whether or not Daryl didn't like that. Maybe you're just not seeing enough from number 88 in that game. And so you're trying to get this game locked down. You're trying to make sure that you've got your guys that are going out there on the ice. And it could have been just a, a bit of a product of that. I think you're, I think it's a, a mixture of both. Yeah. But from game to game in playoff series, the guys that are rolling, I mean, you kind of got to ride the hot hand and you got to have those guys out there. And clearly your top line was going. I thought Backlund's line, I mean, they, they weren't set lines last night, but those guys were going. Some of the checkers had some opportunities. Lewis like, played a ton last night. He played almost uh, six, yeah, 16 and a quarter. That's and, that's way up from what he normally would get, Yard and that was, was the solid. replacement late. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you talk about Captain Obvious. Who does Daryl trust? Oh, a guy yeah. that he's won a couple cups with, or no? It doesn't mean he won't trust Manjapani in round two yeah. or three. But like he, last night, he saw that if we're just going to go with three lines and we're going to mix and match, I want Lewis in there. Sure, great. Yeah. He was going. And yeah, there's a trust factor there, no doubt. Well, and it's like... Like, like he moved from the middle after playing wing the first half of the year. He trusts Lewis. Yeah. And the flames are up. If the flames are up, who do you put out there? You put out your more defensively sound guys, I guess, if you're comparing Lewis to Manjapani. Yep. And Lewis has got the experience. He's going, who do you put out there if you need one? If you're down a goal late in the third? Yeah. You, do you have to do you roll the dice? And you're like, I better get 88 out there. He scored some pretty yeah, big goals. probably for, more like, Dubé, more Manjapani, less Lindholm, or less uh, Lucic, less Lewis. Like, I think, yeah. absolutely, you're playing the, the game script a bit. You know for sure it's not that Daryl just kind of lost you. No. He's been doing this a while. <laughs> uh, to that point, Daryl Sutter last night, playoff win number 91. That passes, uh, is that right? Passing Mike Babcock for seventh all-time. In terms of that, and uh, coached in game number 174, passing Keenan to move into sixth all time. So yeah, it's a guy that's done this for quite a while. So he's uh, he's very familiar with that. Went this morning and uh, talking about when it became two nothing, and of course it goes without saying that Dallas has to open it up. But it was such a it was it was like flipping a switch to see how Dallas's game changed and just how dedicated they are and it's credit to bonus and the coaching staff and to the team they've all bought in here's how we have to play if we want to if we want to do this now you need a goaltender who is standing on his head still but protect 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 opportunity let's try and spin it let's get some power play time this is how we're going to win as soon as it felt like they had to kind of join the rush move the puck do the, the flames just Took, they just took the puck over and and put it back down their throats. It it played right into the Calgary Flames' hands. Yeah. Soon as soon as Dallas tried to open it up, Calgary didn't kind of bat an eye. They didn't break solid defensively in their own end. Move pucks out. They took advantage too of turnovers in the neutral zone, like Lindholm's goal. I I, I talked about it. Klingberg. They bumped him early in the game. He's starting to turn pucks over. Um, you're wearing him down physically with some long shifts out there. He can't gap up on that goal. He he's still stuck in his own end. He's doesn't have the jam, and so that neutral zone play by the Calgary Flames, and they've done such a great job of it all year, where they've got great back pressure. They turn pucks over at their blue line. They're in transition, and it, they've been rewarded all year long. And that just, again, to your point, Ryan, I, I really love it. The first goal is crucial. If the Flames get out to a lead. It's such an advantage. Well, and you just think Dallas, geez, we were up 2-1. 
Did they start squeezing it a bit? And look, if they want to take the wet blanket off this series, you're going to find out why the Calgary Flames had the best differential in the NHL outside the Panthers who won the President's Trophy. Like, you just are. They're, they're a more skilled team over the course of 82. Now, are things a little different? Sure, but I just don't think the Flames worry if this opens up more. If this becomes a higher event game, the Flames have more finishers and they've been able to get more rubber to the net and you're going to only give them higher quality chances against Jake Ottinger. I feel like Dallas, too, if I'm just thinking about checking the stat lines, I think they were maybe the only team that got into the playoffs that had a minus differential. They're underwater. Kings were barely over, but everyone else was, yeah. Because I went looking this morning. I was So how how did we get here where Dallas is this staunch defense first, like we Jacques Lemaire type? They weren't that really in the regular season. Now, again, you need that you need really good goaltending to keep you in games and to play that way and then hopefully break through. But they don't have they didn't have the goal scoring or the offense to to outscore teams, and they didn't weren't getting the goaltending to necessarily be that. So I give them credit. They've been tremendous in this series because it's not just been the goalie, although he's been great, but you have to give credit to those D. They 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 flipped a switch almost, it seems like, in this series, knowing what they had to do. I think it was out of necessity, and you can speak to it, Corey, but I don't think it's a style that is easy for guys to buy in for 82 to play. And I don't think they had a lot of interest in buying in 82 times playing that way, but when they lined up against a one seed, a division winner, a team that's got a line of 40 goal scorers, a top six offense in the NHL, Rick Bonus's guys got together and said, the only way we win this is to play this way. You guys have to buy in. But I don't think you can add, this group didn't want to do that 82 times a year. It's probably way too hard. Yeah, the, the coach would be the coach would be preaching that. I think that they've got enough veteran guys in that room in a Ben Sagan, Joe Pavelski, who's seen a ton of playoff games. They would be getting their team ready to go. And I think that would they know what they're up against in the Calgary Flames. So they would be prepping, they would be preparing. But yeah, you look at the, I just keep looking at the back end, especially on the Dallas Stars. Heiskanen, he doesn't want to be in his own end. He wants to be, a, he wants to be patrolling the blue line down in the offensive zone. Klingberg, same thing. Yep. As, as well-rounded as you think he is, he's way more offense than he is defense. I've never thought that Ryan Suter has been all that good in his end throughout his whole career. I'll throw that one out there. And he logs a ton of minutes. He was, he was kind of like just an, all we talked about was his offense when he first came in the league. Ryan Suter this, and he plays all these minutes, and he gets all these points. You do have a couple guys in Lindell and Hockenpah back there that are pretty, pretty sound defensively, and those are the two guys. But the guys that are playing most of your minutes, I mentioned those three, they do not want to be in their own end. They do not want to be grinding it out. They want to be in transition and up the ice. Calgary hasn't allowed it. And again, last night, you see the effects of the Calgary Flames cycling pucks, grinding these guys, bumping these guys, and they just have to do more of the same. We, uh, we'll we we'll take a quick break here. we got Adnan Burke on the other side, get his thoughts, a little what you want to talk about, and, uh, oh, what's this, a chance to maybe do some winning? Ooh. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby! Do you want to sit lower bowl at the Saddle Dome to see your Calgary Flames? Here's your Flames playoff code word. Red Mile. It's two words. Ooh. Although I'm, I'm, if you make it one word, look out. I don't know how that works because then they, they, they so text it in at nine sixty nine sixty. Red Mill. No. Mm. 
tomorrow. Game five. You could be there. Text it in at 960-960. Our promotions people will go through, pick one correct answer. That person will be off with lower bowl seats. That's a tidy ticket right there. Three, four, five, six, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Whew. Whatever you just said there, that's, that's exactly It's a lot it of is. dough, Dean. Yeah. It's Sarich money. You want to go lower bowl of playoffs. Whew. Whew, indeed. Whew. That's you, right. Sarich is hoofing at the price tags. You know it's a big game. That's right. Adnan Burke next. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Boomer in the morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Calgary. The NHL uh, has released the names of the three gentlemen nominated for the Vesna Trophy, which is for the league's best goaltender. We decided to keep that trophy yesterday, right? Well, I left it up to you. I was just throwing out, uh, throwing yeah, things out for on. the. Give uh, yourself some credit. You were helping. Jacob Markstrom is up for the Vesna. Awarded to the goaltender adjudged to be the best at his position. NHL GMs submitting ballots at the conclusion of the regular season. So there's your top three vote getters. Markstrom there with UC Soros of the Nashville Predators and no surprise, Igor Shesterkin. Although if you're watching the last kind of the last week or so. You need some help. Igor Shesterkin also uh, seems to be the odds on favorite to win it. He, it'll be a shocker if he doesn't win it. The uh, yeah, the run here. He's he does need some help. Last night he gets pulled again from the New York Ranger net. The Penguins tipping pucks, redirecting pucks, making life very difficult in front of him. But would seem to be the guy. I don't know, runaway, but the clear favorite. When when he came through here early in the year, I couldn't even pronounce his name. I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> and, and then he got and lit then, up. Too. Oh yeah, and then the <laughs> Flames just like I'm like, this guy must be like a third stringer. I had absolutely no clue yeah. who, who the kid was. And uh, kids, good, pretty nice season, really nice year last year, too. There's been uh, a few of those guys come over from Russia, like mid 20s, they burn their entry level right quick, get right into the dough, and they've been real good for a long time and step right in and play well. Sorokin, he, you know, there's a few other guys, it's impressive. Now, a lot of, a lot of good Russian goalies used to be none. Yeah. Now, Adnan Verk joins us. You're not an NHL GM, right? You so you didn't uh, have a vote on this. Did not unfortunately get a vote. I did hockey last night. I was breaking down the uh, Norris Trophy candidates tonight. Mm. I'll be working. We got the Vesicans, as Pinder said, just jerking every favorite. And the draft lottery takes place tonight in Secaucus. So I'll be on air live from 6.30 to 7. I believe Commissioner Gary Batman is going to be next door to us picking up ping pong balls. Uh, so I'm going to see GB hopefully at some point tonight. Big night for me. <laughs> Can we confirm Edmonton can't win it this year? Do we know that to be official or not? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to accost Gary as soon as I see him and go, listen, Ryan Pinder wants to know, Thank is that involved? We need to know this, yeah. That's great. GB, I, I didn't know you were on those terms with, uh, with Gary. <laughs> He's in his hood now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the question, Boom. Do I call him Gare or GB? Yeah. Hey, GB. What's up, pal? <laughs> So <laughs> don't call him Batman. Yeah, don't. So and uh, so you were working the game Shesterkin up for the for the Vesna today. Odds on favorite to win it, and got pulled for the second straight game last night. The uh, the Rangers uh, in some trouble here against the Penguins. What do you see in that series in that game specifically last night? 
it's why hockey's the best because going into the playoffs, you go, ooh, Panthers are the favorite of the East. God, I'm not going to bet against the Lightning two-time champions, but watch out for those Rangers, man. Sisterkin, he will win you at least one series, if not two. And now, as you just said, he's been pulled twice. Like, what the hell's going on? This is why hockey's the best, especially the first round, because it is just so unpredictable. The Penguins have done a masterful job at puck possession, and their depth of their scoring has really been impressive to me. You know, Crossy coming into the game at multiple points in each of the three games so far, but they get contributions up and down that line. And the fact they're putting up seven, I mean, it was shocking to me, Boom, the fact that their offense um, is just having their way with that Rangers defense, and Shesterkin particularly. Listen, the previous game, you get pulled at 4-1. Gerard Gallant, he did the right thing because it kind of woke the team up, went to 4-4. Okay, fine, the Penguins didn't able to overcome them 7-4. But last night, it's, that's a true head-scratcher because the numbers on Shesterkin, 14-3-1 in his uh, career following a loss. I would have thought for sure last night the Rangers win this game and bounce back. Every series feels like it's 2-2, with the exceptions of the Avalanche, who have swept the Predators, and now the Rangers and Penguins. So if you had said to me, all these series are going to be 2-2, but Rangers and Penguins 3-1, I would have been astonished. I'm genuinely surprised how good Pittsburgh has played. You mentioned Florida, and they were about three minutes and a, and a goalpost potentially last night from being down 3-1. to one. Trailing in the series, Washington has a, a 2-1 lead, late third, extra attacker is out, and Garnet Hathaway puts it off the post on the empty net. That would have made it 3-1, and you would think they'll find a way to steer that and lead the series 3-1. Instead, Florida, back down with the icing call. They get a game-tying goal late and then win it in overtime. And you think about all of the huge, big-picture, macro discussions we have as they bring in... Uh, you know, they bring in Claude Giroux at the deadline and they bring in Sherrod and all of this sort of thing. If that puck is uh, to the to the right, the, the, a width of a puck, like two, three, five inches, their season could be over. But instead, they're still alive and may win. And now who, who knows? It, it's wild how close and, and how you hang by uh, by a thread. Uh, where are you now on the Panthers? Because I feel like for Washington, that's going to be hard. That's hard to come back, uh, come back from. You had it. Yeah, and that's why Game 4s are always the most pivotal game. Because if you're up 3 0, well, obviously Game 4 is critical. The team has to win to stay alive. Generally speaking, it's 2 1. The team down 2 1, they win that game, they make it a best of three. And that's what the Panthers did. And the numbers, to me, are overwhelming. Teams that go up 3 1, boom, in a playoff series win 91% of the time. And for Florida, a team that hasn't won a playoff series in 26 years, I mean, we're going back to 96 here in the Rats and Scott Mellonby and John Van Beesbrook. And the fact you're the President's Trophy winner, 122 points. You've got this pressure of not having won in so long, and you're gagging early. Like, that game three was horrible. Like, the Capitals took it to them, winning 6-1. to one. You know you lose this game. It could be lights out. This could be shades of the Blue Jackets upsetting the Lightning. And here's your President's Trophy and go home. To score that kind of a goal that late in that game by pulling the goalie, enormous for the Panthers, and I echo your sentiments. I can't imagine they don't come out with an inspired, strong effort in Game 5 and win this series now in 6. For Washington, it's a heartbreaker, and for Florida, it's a lifesaver. Boy, that would have been something if they got dusted. Oof, what a regular season. Like, that's... Like the, you think they, yeah. they look like such a wagon. They're physical. they got scoring over three yeah. lines. I know the goaltending hasn't been great, but there's two guys that should and could be good if, they, if, if, if they're right. Like, they looked spooky, and instead it was like lost at sea for a lot of those first four games. 
Yeah, and Pin, what happened is I started, you know, he started to look at, he kind of scratched the surface, right? He go, okay, well, there's a concern there. There's a concern there. Ekblad had missed the final 20 games. Rieger stepped up in his absence, but then wasn't playing as well once Ekblad was back. Bobrovsky, you mentioned, is a very good goaltender. The guy's won a Vesna, but hasn't been proven as far as making a deep playoff run. And the biggest issue to me is their style of play, which I love. It should be everyone's second favorite team should be the Florida Panthers. You want goal scoring, exciting, up-tempo hockey. But as the cliche says, it doesn't always hold come playoff time. It's more tight-checking, defense-oriented, et cetera. So to me, it would really be catastrophic if Florida loses for many reasons. I just think as a hockey fan, you want to see goal scoring and exciting, uh, you know, fan-friendly hockey. If they lose, you're not seeing that. And other teams will say, okay, see, that style of hockey is not going to win come playoff time. So you're, you're going to be in Secaucus, New Jersey. It's the NHL draft lottery tonight. Is there going to be heightened security, keeping the uh, the, the briefcase and the bingo balls, the balls and all of that? Because yeah. they can't let uh, riffraff like you around. You might you might taint things or, or <laughs> rig it. The Flyers are going to pick first and yeah. second. How'd that happen? That? Yeah, there's no question. Pinder knows the Flyers were in the lottery. Absolutely. I'm doing everything I can to try to get Philly the most balls possible. I just love the fact there's still a briefcase involved. Right, it makes you think of Pulp Fiction. Like, what? What is in that briefcase? When when Vincent Vega and Jules open it up, I'm like, all right, like maybe there's something special uh, in that briefcase. But yeah, there has to be heightened security, I would think tonight. And Gary Bettman, again, care as I'm going to refer to him tonight, or right, G yeah. or GB, yeah. he's going to be very, I think, self-aware of the situation. I think he just knows the landscape. Like when he walks in, there's already a guy. Oh, he almost has like an earpiece, right? Secret Service. Somebody telling him, watch out for Burke. Who? Burke, the guy coming towards you right now, sir. Steer clear of him. So I think Gary has all the angles down pat. They know they can't trust me. Otherwise, Philly's picking first and second, as Ryan said. So are they sending, are, are the teams sending representatives to New Jersey, or is it all Zoom uh, online again? That's a great question. I hope they're all going to be there. I know Bill Daly, I believe, was doing the run for the other day. Like, they're doing a, like a dress rehearsal. So yeah. I think I would have seen if, you know, certain representatives were there. So Bill Daly was making sure everything was going smoothly. I would think GP there tonight, and I hopefully some representatives. Like, I mean, listen, I know Cobra ran out of the woods yet, but it's not the same via Zoom. It just stinks. God, it's awkward with the GMs there. Send oh, Gritty. Send the mascots. It's no so, one needs to see the oh, GMs. It's they're so, so embarrassed. Oh. And they're so happy to be there. Cringy. Ugh. They're just so pleased to be part well, of the another process. Another commercial break. I'll just stand here looking like a dope for another 10 minutes. <laughs> it's great. really rough. Yeah, I hope you're getting extra pay tonight because that that's one of the toughest gigs oh. of the calendar year. Well, I just love the, the, the way we build up the tension. Because as we all know, this takes about 30 seconds. We literally yes. pull the ball. Okay, yeah. Uh, Habs are picking first. All right, cool. Moving on. But we are going to make this into like, a, a 30-minute pregame and then the 30-minute actual presentation of lifting the balls out, which is absurdity, 27 minutes of building. It's like LeBron in the decision. Remember the decision was like 27 minutes of Jim Gray asking benign, trivial questions, and then LeBron said, I'm taking my talent to Southeast. That's what's going to happen tonight in Seacockers, New Jersey. A lot of benign, trivial questions until we get to the moment of truth, and I will try to keep people as entertained as possible. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. And I, seriously, I, I can't wait to watch this tonight. I will take some time to watch you <laughs> do your thing. Tap dance, Adnan. No, tap dance. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's super. Imagine this, right? We're right next to New York City where the commissioner is. What if there's traffic? I mean, we're talking about rush hour on a Tuesday. Could you imagine tap dance for GP not in the building yet? <laughs> 
tap dance. Just keep going. Talk about previous draft. Talk about your previous draft experience. 2020, eight hours. Explain what that was like seeing Alexi Lafreniere and 200 other people take seven and a half hours to be drafted. Yeah, you, you, you turn it on and Virk's talking about how awful Tom Cruise is and don't go watch the new Top Gun movies. <laughs> Something's gone terribly wrong. <laughs> Which raises the question, by the way, boom, my bosses, namely Dan Lebert, were like, you have to go see that movie. I said, I'm not going to see that movie. He said, what? He goes, that's one of the biggest movies on the calendar. You host a movie podcast. I said, I hate Tom Cruise. I'm not going to see it. He's like, I, I understand that, but you have to see it. I go, listen, I go, Dan, you don't understand. I have a Tom Cruise band. He's like, what? I said, I have a Tom Cruise band. Everything I saw going clear. I've not watched any of his movies. He goes, again, I appreciate your holier-than-thou stance, but you have a movie podcast. You have to go see Top Gun. I said, I won't pay money to see it. He goes, okay, fine. If you see it and you can expense us the $12.50, will you see the movie? I said, I'll think about it. Mm. And he goes, why? How would he even say it? I'm going to pay you the money to go see it, and you can trash the movie, which you already will. You mm. have a gripe against Cruz. You're obviously going to land base the movie. I'm telling you to go watch it and insult it, and I'll pay you to do it. I said, okay, I think I'll probably do that. Oh, that see, Adnan, that's why you're doing a podcast. You don't have to answer to the man, <sighs> so you can do what you please. I don't like that response from you at all. So you're, you're right, not going to get that time you know, back. Those are two and a half hours you'll never get back. You're, for 12 bucks, come on. You're right. I'm going I'm to figure a way around it, because what I said is this. As long as the film is discussed, I'll just send a surrogate, right? If I send a surrogate on my behalf, if I have a guest reviewer, if I just right. have Boomer on Cinephile and Boomer type, well, that's fine. We're still addressing the film. I still didn't have to watch two and a half hours to go see it. And I didn't have to expend the company $12. Okay, one note from you here. This is a very uh, non-hockey, non-film, uh, non-baseball, so it's right up your alley. Uh, Tom Brady apparently has agreed to a broadcast deal ahead of returning to the playing field this year. Um, what? Fox has hired Tom Brady. He's not even done playing yet. Henry, you had my reaction as well. Like, you know, when I check Twitter right now, I, I often have to see, is this like a fake Twitter account? Like, I being, am I being duped? Because I got burned with the Will Smith stuff. Somebody tweeted that Chris Rock's representatives had apologized, and I retweeted it. And really somebody goes, no, that's a fake account. He hasn't said anything. And I'm like, God damn it. Okay, delete tweet. So when I saw that, it was one of my buddies today. He goes, Wow, great news. I go, this is obviously fake. What the hell are we talking about? Tom Brady's still playing football. Why the hell is he going to Fox as an analyst? And then I saw Jimmy Traina, who covers sports media for Sports Illustrated, and he said, <laughs> very amusingly, it only took one month for Tom Brady to be at home to say never again. He had one month. Two jumps. Yeah, that's right. I'm, 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 I, right. I'm never doing that. No way. Like, I will find every reason to not be at home. I'm going to play one more grueling season, suffer a potential concussion or catastrophic leg injury. That's fine. It's better than having to change diapers and deal with my children. And then after that, I'm going to go right to the booth. Again, immediate travel. I'm sorry. I'm on the road. Kids can't take it with me. I've got to prep. It's my first year with Kevin Berker. I'm the lead analyst for Fox. I'm calling a Super Bowl. Like, it's incredible. And it's just so funny to me how, like, we have people, you know, go to broadcasting school. No, no. If you're the best at anything in life, you get more of being the best. Right? So Alex Rodriguez is a two-time drug chief. Whatever. Looks great. Handsome guy. Dated Jalen. Has a ton of money. We'll give you the job at Fox and ESPN. We'll give you multiple jobs. Tom Brady, you have no experience ever doing broadcasting. Maybe you can work at a different level. No, 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 no. Come on, come on. We already saw Romo was a hit. Peyton Manning's had a dip in his toe now. Aikman's at ESPN. Tom, you get whatever you want. We haven't heard the salary yet announced. We don't, I cannot wait to hear the salary. $25 million for Tom Brady to be at the booth. 
It could be terrible. I have no idea if he's even a good broadcaster, but this is the world in which we live in. Meanwhile, they took away our Keurig uh, K-Cups. Yeah, we don't have coffee anymore. we got to get That's the, uh, to the other end of that spectrum. Yeah, rich uh, get richer, Adnan. For Adnan. Uh, there you go. But well played, Brady. I mean, well played. As as a husband and a father, father and a broadcaster, I tip my hat. I don't know how... I'd be spending a little more time at home. I don't know. One of those rooms is pretty apt. <laughs> okay. Adnan, we'll be watching tonight. Be good, all right? <laughs> I don't get the joke by Fender, but okay, thanks. Very guys. good. The supermodel. There you go. To. There he is. He's adding Adnan. Uh, I understand. Yeah. I, now I got it. Now I got it. Okay. All right. Uh, but I'm boom. See ya. See you guys. There's Adnan Vert. I know Sorry. what Tom's going through. Having all these wonderful opportunities come your way. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just can't say no. Sorry. We want you. We want to pay you the big bucks. You Get are a m- multimedia threat. I see you on TV. You're on the radio. You're online. He's you digital. Yeah, he's doing everything. Yeah, yeah. Are you blogging? Are you are you writing stories? Are you like a are you on what's TikTok? A, what's a blog? Uh, time for uh, what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Your experts in automatic door service repairs and replacements. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. I got a little something for you. Talking about. Talking about. Yeah, all right. Well, don't leave us. Don't leave us hanging. Well, there's things we love on this show. We love food. We love being idiots. We love lightly bleeped uh, f bombs and other I, uh-huh. curses. And we love play by play in other languages. We can't get enough. This is uh, the Japanese call of Otani's first grand slam. Oh, is that what that was? There you go. Otani! Wasn't sure. That would be better. Yeah, I thought he was waiting for, I'm waiting for the, the punchline. That's good. Uh, text line 96960. This one just says, boys, how about them flames? Yeah, there you go. How about them? Uh, the, the vibe is, uh, is positive. Flames fans... Feel like uh, okay morale's today. improved from uh, two days ago, hey? Eh? You guys agree with the penalty shot call? I'm good with the outcome, but was surprised. I kind of was too. I think. I agree with that. Yeah, it's been a weird threshold so far in this series and other series too. It's like and I'll, it, and I'll see it when just... I believe it. When teams get on the brink, if they're still calling it like this, but I, I think this is the equivalent of acting tough. I, I think the whistles will eventually go away. We're just not there yet. I and think... it wasn't just a penalty; it was a penalty shot that goes right. right to the. They could totally go power play. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that they've been pretty consistent in calling anything that touches the hands so far. You've seen it throughout all the series. As soon as it's on the gloves, it's a penalty. Yeah, I, I, and I, some of them, and that clearly took away his opportunity to score. Serge likes it. Okay, I like it. All right. Good morning, boys. I have a vasectomy in less than an hour. Any last minute excuses to get out of it? <sighs> um, Do you need more kids? Ask yourself that. If you're pining to have more children, pull the chute. Otherwise, you're fine. If you really need to, you can spend some dough and turn it around in 10 years. I'll share a little piece of wisdom with you. Your, your appointment's probably Friday. Well, he says it's less than an hour. Oh, wow. It's really good. It's right, yeah. Like he's Well, give yourself a couple days and then don't, don't go play soccer with the boys for warm-up. Also, uh, don't play men's league I, for rec hockey. I, yeah. I found that one out. Take your time. Give, your, give yourself, yourself a couple back. extra what days. Would, well, what would be the uh, what might be the potential result if you were to do that sort of thing? 
in terms of your advice that you're well vasectomy friday took it easy saturday sunday thought yeah, yeah, monday yeah. would be a great idea to go work out with all the guys again little soccer warm-up Balls. 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 The Harry Balls Government Center. The answer was balls. No balls. Hey, I, I prefer a place where my balls are returned prompt. My balls was hot. <sighs> Don't need any setbacks. Oh, does that not look gorgeous? That's exactly what we want. All those spices stick to these nuts. Spicy nuts. We're going nuts here. But first, we got to get some of these nuts going here. Right there is a beautiful little seasoning spice for our nuts. Look at the team. They're just going nuts back there. I love this road grill team. That's exactly where we're going to put our nuts. The nuts. <laughs> I like the nuts. How old are we? I mean... Balls and nuts. I feel like we're somewhere between grade four and ten. And sat here and just enjoyed every minute. Basked, really. Yeah, really, yeah. yeah. Large really grins. Yeah. yeah, we like yeah. it. Yeah. Anyone notice there were different fans behind the Dallas bench in game four than in game three? Yeah, I wondered. I, Anyone I, notice where the game three fans eventually surfaced? They yeah, were there. Yeah, it was I, a different part of the ring. It was weird. I don't know what my algorithm is on my phone, but uh, on one of the apps, I turned on, she it. was right. Like, wow, there. She back. I don't know how that happened, but. Uh, Tim the Booze Guy had done some extensive homework. <laughs> so I was we surprised to see. The, oh, we've got more than a name. Oh, yeah. I know. I know we do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was impressed. There's there's some people out out there that really pride themselves on research and uh, tip of the cap, Timmy. Tofoli had time to settle and go top shelf. Come on, man. Rolling puck is the verdict. I'm, I'm getting from people. I am happy with Tofoli's game as it moves forward. He's gone from being very you haven't seen a lot. He's been getting chances. He's mm-hmm. been involved. He got an assist last night on the on the five on three. I'm happy with it. Backdoor on the power play in game three, a bunch, six shots yesterday. Things are trending the right way for him. Was it him that had the uh, one-timer from the side? It was a really good camera angle, but he didn't get enough on it. Yes. Yeah. Game two? Got stuck under the pad. Well, there was that, but there was a a one-timer last night. There Also, yeah. And he just didn't quite get enough of it. Yeah. He also hit the heel of the glove in game two. Like, he's been around it a bit. And also... uh, Thanks for playing the Toffoli song, Boomer. It's obviously all up to you now. Well, we you are... forgot games two and three. You... Yeah, we're two not going to forget again now. I don't know how much le- how much legs there is though. Are you going to use it all up? I... That, was... that felt like a big game you, last. You night. tell me if you played it yesterday and what you thought. I feel like it worked. Well, it's two and zero. Oh. Don't touch it today. We'll do it tomorrow. You be. Uh, what do you got coming up here? We're going to uh, do a thing, and then we'll come back with Flames Talk. What are you, you guys talking about? A veteran, grizzled, hard-nosed defenseman. Corey Sarich is going to join us in studio for oh, Flames Talk. I look forward Talk. to that. I, good guy. Well, you've you've uh, worked with him? I've heard different things, but I'm sure with you it'll be fine. No, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, small sample. Mm-hmm. You know, I was worried about those, but uh, no, I think it's been fine, yeah. What you want to talk about? Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Your experts in automatic door service repairs and replacements, visit calgarylockandsafe.com. That's right. Flames Talk. Sarge, Pinder, next. See you tomorrow, buddy.